How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke Buckley with Joe Marino back for another episode, Costly Optimistic Podcast. We certainly hope that you're all safe and that you're listening to this uh, in the comfort of your own home, your own bedroom, wherever you are, uh, and not stranded on the 90 uh, or wherever you might be traveling. We uh, hope you're safe. Uh, it is blustery. It is it is white outside, uh, as they might say in the South. Very white. You across the street. You cannot... Uh, I will tell you that I live on a very busy street and there's lots of landmarks around that you can like audibly make out as, Oh yeah, I know that part of that street and you can't see anything right now. So it's scary. I'm not leaving the house. Um, I'm staying inside and uh, yeah. How are you? How are you uh, staying safe during this? Yeah, Hopefully. pardon my HomePod uh, yeah. speaking there for a second, but uh, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing okay. I haven't left the my apartment today, so you can definitely hear the blistering winds out there. And I was telling you yeah. before we started recording, I was actually in Myrtle Beach for, for Hurricane Ian, and uh, the winds are pretty similar. But when what year was that one? It was it was like in October. Oh wow! It was it was the big one. <laughs> That's I'm pretty right. sure it was okay. Ian. I'm pretty sure Ian was the name. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But like with the hurricane, like you could go outside and like obviously the debris flowing through the wind, like that was obviously dangerous. Like I left the hotel and like a big awning was down and there were cars <laughs> destroyed. Like we were stranded, but you know you could leave and attempt to go get food at the one fast food restaurant that was open in the town why would anybody make there like, was no food so uh, yeah me, me and my dad again a drive through for two hours for wow. mediocre cheeseburgers but yeah this is just like you you're stuck you can't you can't go anywhere like i could hear someone trying to like back out of their parking spot and just hearing their wheels spin because uh, you're trapped so that's almost as bad as hearing a wild animal somewhere outside yelling because it's getting like by a coyote or something and you just wish you could help. It's I almost can say into that, that. I have never heard that in my real I've heard uh, I've heard that a few times. There's some wooded areas around here. Uh so I I have heard a few times. This is like I don't remember a proper blizzard. We've gotten yeah. huge lake effect snowstorms, but a blizzard at least it's almost like a snow hurricane. I feel like right. uh, you get, you get uh, the, the waves on all the major lakes uh, are like all the Great Lakes are like mm-hmm. feet tall in some parts. And uh, so it's it's unlike a regular uh, lake effect snowstorm. This is uh, something completely different. Uh, but I don't remember. I remember there being warnings and then never come into fruition. But um, yeah, it's a once in a generational event as they say yeah it's no joke like the big storms like of our lifetimes at least like october storm yeah and the november storm it's november i guess you could say and the recent november storm that's right from last month but every eight years uh they come yeah uh did you see uh uh there is an injury to report um the whirly golf dome uh, oh, no. has been placed on long-term injured reserve as it 
blew blew away. It the dome like did the dome flew off of the building. It blew off. It's disappeared. Oh God! I, I listen. If I hope none of no one listening was hurt. I hope they don't know anybody that was hurt. I didn't hear of any casualties. That's terrifying. Or, I know, but can you imagine? You're you're sitting there. You have the fire going. You're just enjoying a maybe a day off because the snow is whipping outside, and you say, "Honey, I think the Whirly Golf Dome just uh, flew through our backyard." <laughs> I don't. I feel bad for laughing because that definitely happened to somebody. But yeah, that was that is devastating right there. If what I'm picturing in my head is actually happening, yeah, but yeah. Don't go outside if you're gonna meet family tomorrow. Be safe. Yeah. So I imagine I'm gonna be missing out on my family gatherings tomorrow at this rate, but we'll see. I imagine a lot of people are going to postpone their get-togethers too. That's yeah. what uh, my my dad's side of the family is going to be doing till like next weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that our power stays on throughout the duration of this podcast. But uh, hopefully, it's not our first lost episode in a while. But there's some fun things to talk about here. Mm-hmm. If you missed it, we did a collab podcast with the Saber Metrics guys, Bill and Walt. That was on Monday, so go check that out if you haven't. A nice, lengthy conversation. Uh, but we're probably going to touch on some things that we talked about there as well. But, yeah, lots to talk about. A game was supposed to be tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, of course, that got postponed. I believe they did some shuffling with the schedule. I think they made that game further on in the year, and then they swapped it with a Flyers game. And the Flyers are going to be... I don't know if it's in town or not, but that that's going to be on January 9th. So, right. So, so yeah, they, they moved some stuff around, but yeah, yeah. A little at bit least, at least they didn't move it to Tampa. Yes. They didn't lose a, a home game here in this pivotal stretch. Yeah. And they've been doing pretty well. They beat Vegas. They probably didn't deserve to beat Vegas, but you know, the good thing is when you're starting to turn the corner. You're going to win games that you shouldn't be winning. Now, the first two periods, this game was a while ago at this point, but first two periods, very good. They scored fun hockey. You know, they're dealing with injuries and whatnot. Power is still out. I have no idea what's wrong with him. All I remember is hearing that he tweaked something in warm up or practice, and we haven't seen him for a few games at this point, but. Uh, the third period, they were under siege, but Uko Pekalukinen, who all of a sudden, he beats Colorado, he, he beats Vegas, he beats a couple of spectacular teams, and now we're like, oh, is this guy good again? Yeah. I don't know. Strong <laughs> goaltending late. I think uh, Anderson had a pretty good game before that, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're on a four-game winning streak, and they've still yeah. been schools, and uh, so it probably wouldn't be the case if their goaltending didn't chip in. Imagine if they went 500 on that eight-game losing streak. Exactly. They'd be firmly in a playoff spot right now. Firmly. This this is why if anybody laughs at you for getting angry at a game early in the season, this is exactly why. Yes. Exactly. But if you take out if you take out that eight-game losing streak, they're a very strong team. Their record outside of that losing streak is fantastic. What are they like eight and three in their last eleven or something like that? Like, and it was the same thing before that losing streak. That's so right. If they can just figure this out, 
and ride the ride the storm, I guess you could say. If you uh, just find uh if you just find a way I'm sorry to cut you off there. <laughs> but they got I, I I often forget they got the point against the lightning in that losing streak. So they did get one point in there. But if you win just two more games and get one more point somewhere in there, you are a point behind the lightning for mm-hmm. uh third in the Atlantic. Well, both those lightning games that you, you mm-hmm. won early on in the season, they could have won very easily too. So that's right. I think at the end of the year, we're going to be looking back and being like, oh man, if you just would have taken three out of four points against the Lightning, maybe things are different. But they need depth on defense badly. They need to do something. Yes. And whether it's, we've been talking about Jacob Chikrin for quite a few weeks here at this point. Uh, I don't know if it's that kind of move. It's been a very highly discussed topic, especially on Twitter, at least. Like, do they make the big move or do they make a little move? And a name that has been brought up over the past couple of days, a guy like Justin Braun from the Philadelphia Flyers, veteran, right shot D, you can probably get him for like a fifth round pick. Is that the kind of move that they want to make? Or are you going to go push your chips in and say, okay, we're making our big move? I'm good with either, really. But maybe like... Sitting on your hands doing nothing is going to do nothing for this team. What? Because you look at what these guys, like their top producers, Tage Thompson on pace for well over 100 points. Darlene on pace for almost 100 points. Skinner on pace for almost 100 points. Like You have some guys putting up numbers that we haven't seen in a Sabres uniform in decades. Yeah, it is so, decades. You can't even use yeah. the same old 0607 thing because it wasn't even the case that year. <laughs> exactly. So the fact that they're not gunning for it or trying to do anything to reinforce this roster, especially when Yoki Haru's out, Labushkin has been dealing with injuries and clearly still isn't right. Power is injured. And you have four borderline AHL, NHL defensemen in your lineup but on a nightly basis. Like Samuelson and Darlene can only do so much. You don't want those guys playing upwards over 30 minutes a night. Like you don't want any burnout to occur. Although Darlene is a legitimate Norris trophy candidate at the moment. So you don't want, like if one of those two guys go down, your season's over. I think we've mentioned this in the past. So it's sad when like you're one injury away from devastation. And you also need the good goaltending to go with it, too. We've seen good goaltending the past four-ish games, and look, they're getting the results. So I don't know what's going to happen, but Eric Comrie, I think, is skating again, so we should see him back soon. It will be interesting to see, because I think a couple weeks ago, if you would have told me, okay, Comrie's coming back, they're just going to send Lukanen back down, but now Lukanen's playing well again, and now this is a conversation. What are they going to do there? What do you think? Well, I know it. Well, it makes it even so much more difficult now with how good Lucan is is playing. And like, I just I don't think we've talked about like the three goalie thing uh, mm-hmm. often. I don't know if it's feasible anymore. Uh, just like because it's gonna affect the uh, the forward group, I think. And uh, you're already thin on defensemen, so you don't want to carry one less defenseman to uh, carry an extra goalie. But it's it's unfortunate for Comrie because 
I think he might find himself being uh, the odd man out if if Lukanen can use a play like this. Yeah, well, I think that I'm I'm I got a sticky note out right now, and I'm trying to map out the lines here and see how feasible oh, the, this is. Well, but hey, I don't know, think it's going to be pot. It's not going to be easy. They're going to have to trade a forward mm-hmm. or do something goofy here. So yeah, Skinner, Tage, Tuck, Quinn, Cousins, Paterka, and third line will just go like uh, Jost, Middlestat, okay, Krebs. Is Krebs there? Jost, Middlestat, and are you putting Krebs on the fourth line? He's kind yeah, of been alternating Jost, a bit. Jost, Middlestat, and Olafson. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right, Wilson. And then you got forgot he existed. <laughs> uh, I I do have one quick thought while you do that on the whole trading thing. I think what's hurting right now is that it's still relatively early in the year, and maybe some teams just don't want to make a move yet. Right? You need right. you need a dance partner. You need a dance partner to dance, unless you're doing the doggy. Uh, but uh, I think that might be hurting them a bit. So. If you can stay in this and keep this pace going um, a little while longer, maybe uh, uh, into February or so, then I think um, it might be a little easier for him to make a deal. But I will be shocked if they're not thinking about doing something. Well, Adams was on the Sabres live show, I believe, a week or two ago, and he gave the same old spiel like, oh, we're not going to do anything to sacrifice the future for now yada 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 but like again you look at what these guys are producing right now your second line are all under the age of 21 years old and they're all playing exceptionally right now the i think you're ahead of schedule right but i think that's just simple gm speak don't look too much into it right like i i i not that I can really remember specific press conferences, but I'm sure uh, when the Bills were trying to break the drought, they probably said the same thing. They were actively rebuilding, and they still made a move. I know it's a different sport and everything, but uh, it's the same principles that apply, I feel like. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that in a second, but I've finished my mm-hmm. sticky note here. All right. It's like with everyone healthy assuming everyone's healthy which is certainly a stretch but their extras they've got the three goalies so one of the goalies would be one of their three extra players they also have Rasmus Asplund who seems like he's in the doghouse as of now Vinny Hinestroza and one of the borderline defensemen so whether that's Fitzgerald which I would assume it would be him Lawrence Pilot or Kale Clegg so one of those three guys Vinny Hinnestroza, Rasmus Asplund. So two of those guys would be here, and then one of them would be presumably sent to Rochester, or they make another trade of some sort. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's doable, but I think the easiest thing they could do is just send Ukopekalukan into Rochester and say, okay, he's got to play games. Yeah, but that's again, if he's winning, out. if he's winning and playing well, like he has been the last two games, which Easier said than done. I think we said this right when he debuted this yeah. season. If he's playing well, you throw him the bone. It's time for him to play here. Uh, if he's playing well, of course. If he's not playing well, then he can go hitch a ride to Rochester on the bus for all I care. But yeah, it's doable, but they they would have to make a move, which 
is something that they haven't really done because the only people that they bring in are waiver claims or future considerations trades. So it'll be interesting to see when this management team decides to pull the trigger on something. And as you said, you need a dance partner. Right. And it, defense men uh, are a hot commodity. And that's obviously what they need right now. Right. Uh, they probably don't want to pay a premium because you're going to have to pay a premium, right? If a team knows that yeah. you need a defenseman, like you said, available commodity. So uh, it's it's kind of a catch-22 uh, for Adams. And uh, I'm sure something will will shake itself out. Uh, but did it, you mentioned they make little uh, trades like that. Have we talked about the minor league deal that they made? Oh, yeah, Maybe we can last touch week. on that really quick. Yeah, uh, I was saying that the, the Sabres acquired the Central Division defenseman whose initials are JC uh, that everyone may or may not be talking Joe about. Yes, yes, that guy. Yeah. Or Oscari Laxanen. So in this this trade, like, obviously, I don't think Sacconi is going to ever be an NHL player. Like, this is very much a... AHL transaction, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Laxanen seemed like he got in Seth Appert's doghouse at some point. Uh, healthy scratch on occasion this year, so nothing wrong with making a change, a stylistic change to at that, because Laxanen, not very uh, stout in his own end, I guess you could say. Right, so just, just a minor little thing that I figured we should uh, touch on, not going to have any outcome on, or not going to have any influence on the outcome of this season necessarily, but uh... do you think Kevin Adams makes the call to Jim Nill and the Dallas stars saying, Hey, we want Joe Sacconi. Or does that start with a different conversation? Mm. Or, Hey, we want this guy and I Joe think... Sacconi. Okay. We don't want a guy right now, but we'll, we'll give you Sacconi. Give me some of your bum. I bet yeah. that's how it started. I wonder. I think it it might just start off with Adams maybe placing a call saying we have a defenseman, uh, uh, AHL defenseman, placed on teams. Do you do you do you do your guys down there? Uh, like you said, maybe do your guys down there uh, at at Texas. Uh, I think they play in Austin, the Texas Stars. Uh, you know, do do you, do they say anything about a need? Is this a need? Do you need a defenseman? We're looking to uh, maybe have a change of scenery there. I think it just it moves like that maybe uh the word came up from rochester that locks in needs a needs a change and perhaps they kind of broached the uh conversation just kind of a flyer out there maybe uh placing calls to to numerous teams just until they uh till they got a bite casting a lot of lines perhaps use a fishing analogy yeah i like your logic there lexington a 2017 third round pick uh Actually, he was actually the pick in the Mike Weber trade. I have the mm. 2017 Sabres draft up wow. right now, and I'm going to go through. It's not pretty. Oh, I uh, bet not. First round pick, Casey Middlestat, which on the, the Thoughts podcast, Jeff Merrick revealed that the Sabres were going to pick Martin Nichas of the Carolina Hurricanes. But Jason Botterill called a last-minute audible <laughs> and was like, no, we're picking Casey Middlestat. Second-round pick, 
Marcus Davidson, who famously was not given an entry-level contract by the Sabres. Two picks later, Jason Robertson. Uko Pekalukkanen, 54th overall from the Chris Stewart trade in Minnesota Wild. Jury's still out, but we'll see on that. Third round, Oscari Laxanen. Fourth round, Jacob Bryson. And then in the seventh round, Linus Weisbach. Not a very stellar draft. And I, think I tweeted like a screenshot of that draft class a couple weeks ago. And people are like, it's not bad because there's three players in the NHL. Uh, no. How's Weisbach doing? I'm bringing like, up his... Being in the NHL does not make you a good pick. Right. Well, Weisbach is playing well, though. 19 points, 25 games. Yeah, he is. I hope they give him a chance. Hope but so. They could get a do-over on that draft class. That would be nice. Yeah, if you oh, imagine if they landed Netchass and... Uh, and Robertson. And Robertson. And if Jerry Fortin had the power to pick Charlie McAvoy in the 2016 draft like he wanted. Oh, uh, so maybe all this time there have been smart people in that room. It's just the the idiots at the helm Yeah, have been screwing it all up. Uh, Fortin, if my memory serves me correct from the instigator overtime podcast now sabers live overtime i guess you could say <laughs> uh when he was describing it it was okay where the draft is in buffalo mcavoy's off the board a little bit we need a defenseman we really like this guy mcavoy wanted to be a saber too he thought he was going to be a saber and they're they fed into the pressure and tim murray picked his guy <laughs> <laughs> you know listen it's it's in every episode thing where we talk about this, but I just want to kind of put things into perspective for a bit with how how thankful I am for the team that we have at the moment and how promising things are because just five years ago, 2017, what we were looking forward to, and these are names that are said way more than they should be said in any podcast in 2022. We were looking forward to Nick Baptiste, Justin Bailey, Alex Nylander, uh, and then there was uh, Brendan Cornell, Vasilov Karabachuk, Brendan Brendan Gooley, who just retired this week from professional Mm -hmm. hockey. This is what was in our pipeline, and this is what we were looking forward to. Yeah. And now we have the guys that are already up here, uh, Jack Quinn, Turka, uh, Cousins is already a thriving NHL player. You have uh, the entire last year's entire draft class. Uh, you have Kulik in 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 Rochester. Uh, Rosine is down there. It's it's more promising than ever. You have a goal, a top flight goaltending prospect. Uh, so just maybe in the season of the holidays, uh, we point out what a gift it is to have a good uh, prospect system like that. Yeah, when the other day when the whole discussion of is it time to make a trade? Is it time to not go all in, but reward the group. Mm-hmm. And people are like, well, Tim Murray did that, and look how that turned out. It, trying to get good should not be frowned upon because trying to get good quick the time before it didn't work out. The yeah. whole notion that, oh, it didn't work before, therefore it will never work again, I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Um, As you said, 
their best guys are their young guys right now. Tage Thompson, he's not young, but like he's in his prime. Uh, their whole second line, they're all under 21 years old. Their best defensemen are under 23. They have a good goalie prospect. Like, it's not like they're trading those guys to get a Jacob Chikorin. You're trading your secondary pieces that may or may not ever work out. Yeah. Not ever play a game for the Buffalo Sabres. May or may not play 100 games for the Buffalo Sabres. So it's a completely different story. And, you know, if they trade a pick, a couple prospects on a roster player to get a top six forward or a top, good top four defenseman like Chikorin, like, it's not like Josh Bloom is their number one prospect after <laughs> these guys are gone. No, like yeah. Kulik will be their number one prospect. They still have Matthew Savoy, who was a top 10 pick. Like they have, I feel like people don't realize how well off the Sabres are, especially considering how good and young their main roster is right now. It's not like Cousins is still in Lethbridge and Paterka is lighting up the German league and we're just waiting for him to come over. No. And we don't talk about the Russian guys nearly enough too. They've got a handful of good Russian prospects over there waiting to arrive. So they're going to be all right if they make a couple trades. Like they'll be fine. We hope we're offering some reassuring words. And yes, I hope so. I hope Kevin Adams is listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, if he is listening, I hope, I hope he understands that we are very appreciative of his work. Absolutely. And I'm frustrated with him because his work has been so good that you can get out of that mindset that so many people have where, okay, you're in a rebuild. This is a development year. Therefore we need to sit on our hands and not do anything. And I don't doubt that he's not trying to do anything. You know, I'm sure he's always saying, okay, we're going to, we're in all these conversations. We're going to do what's smart. We're not going to sacrifice now for the future, but this is a development year. We all knew that, but what is it going to do for the development of these young players to push for the playoffs, play the hashtag meaningful games in March for the first Mm -hmm. time in 12 years, it's going to do a lot. And you know, if they do somehow make the playoffs, what's that going to do now? The expectation next year is okay. We're in like the expectation is to make the playoffs and that should be the expectation for this team. It shouldn't be, okay, well, maybe next year. I'm sick of this mindset. I hope it turns. It's loser mindset. Sick of it. Sick of it all. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, I would love nothing more than to do a playoff episode, a series of playoff episodes uh, on this show. we've We've been waiting long enough here, haven't we? This yes, is our, we're going to be going on our sixth calendar year. I think it would be uh, 2017. We started middle 2017 uh, going into 2023 now in a few days. Um, So yeah, that would uh mean a lot in that regard, at least. <laughs> did you, I don't know if you saw it or not, but did you see the note from the 32 thoughts podcast that the Sabres could have almost traded Tage Thompson to a contending team a couple years ago for a fifth round pick, but that team backed out. Yes. Now I wonder <laughs> what team it was, was the contending because the way it was worded, I think it said a very good team. I don't know if that yes. means 
uh, a team that's good now or a team that was good back when I the trade is proposed. I read into that as a team that is good now. So who could it have been? I bet it was Carolina. That's my guess. Mm, I immediately thought uh, Colorado. Oh, maybe. They've cultivated some really good young talents. They've taken chances on some guys. So maybe because yeah, that's in. I mean, true. It it is interesting though that other organizations across the league saw there was something there. Yeah, and clearly absolutely. made overtures to 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 bring him in. So, uh, thank goodness they 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 didn't give up uh, on 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 the project because you always hear so much about how he was the uh, the, the players could see that he was the best player at practice, uh, and I wonder word probably just spread around like that around the league, but uh, it's just, it's wild that he was viewed that way uh, just a few years ago, fifth round pick worthy talent. <laughs> uh, just a, what a miracle his career has turned out to be. <laughs> now you bring up the avalanche and this is a thought that I had as far as a trade target, not a pop. I wouldn't imagine it'd be a popular one as far as from a Sabres fan perspective. But you look at Colorado, they took a chance on uh, Nail Yakupov many years oh, ago. Yeah. I think people forgot about that at that point. Yeah. Nikushkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they, they're not afraid to you know take a risk on a guy. And Nikushkin paid off. Yakupov didn't. But a name similar to Nikushkin, a former high pick, because Nikushkin was a top 10 pick. This is a top five pick who could be available, who is available, could be had for very cheap. Yassi Pugliarvi from the Edmonton Oilers. Right. That... Similar stylistically to Nikushkin, a good defensive player, but isn't hitting the sheet. Very similar to Valeri Nikushkin. I wonder, Oilers, when Evander Kane comes back, they're going to have to clear some cap space. Hmm. The Sabers, they can pull Yarby's three million, and they can take a chance on him next year. And you know, want Victor Olafson? People want Middlestad out of here. I bet that Krebs and Nikushkin could be a good fit together on the same line, and then you just got to figure out that third player out. But yeah, what do you think about that Re- reclamation project? I am with it. Uh, there has been so much smoke around that fire for a couple of years now about Oilers fans. It seems like Oilers fans have a vendetta against Bully RV. Um, but, um, and then there's reports of just kind of his, I wouldn't say problems um, or issues necessarily, but uh, maybe some things in terms of like who he likes playing with. I saw a rumor a little while ago that he is like intimidated, not maybe not intimidated was the word, but, the idea of playing with Dreisaitl or McDavid, he doesn't think he could play his best hockey necessarily with them. Uh, so I, I did see something like that. So it's been brewing for a while where I think he is going to move eventually. And uh, I think coming here uh, with the group that they have, a group of young guys, uh, not necessarily outcast, but um, I think it would be a good uh, change of scenery for him. 
Yeah, obviously, I don't think it'd be a very popular decision, but I think it's a interesting idea, to say the least, to kick around. They have the cap space. They can fit his qualifying offer, and I don't think I would give them a long-term deal, but a one- or two-year deal reclamation project. I like Tyson Jost worked out how many if, – if we would have brought up, oh, maybe Tyson Jost would be a good – reclamation project yeah idea like a couple weeks before they claimed him i think a lot of people would have lapped us out of the building so do you think there's any chance puyarby could get waived yeah absolutely absolutely so maybe it's something there where you know you you won't even have to give up uh too much maybe you won't even have to give up a player if it does uh come to that yeah that's a good point uh but then and the thing is how do you fit him into the roster (laughs) right (laughs) we went through it uh, it would have to be like a one for one kind of deal. Asplund, I bet, would be because he's cheaper. He's half the price of Pulleyarvi currently. Actually, I think Asplund's making like eight hundred thousand. So he would, be, from a cap dollar and cent perspective, it makes sense for the Oilers. I I like Asplund a lot. I think he's a part of the solution. But considering he's in the doghouse and doesn't really have a spot right now, I wonder if he's a guy who ends up traded somewhere else at some point. Yeah, I, I I love his game too. Um I wouldn't really say I think of him as part of the solution. I think he's expendable. Uh he he's a good little player. Uh but if that's what it takes to bring our guy in here then not as good as he it. was last year. That's for right. sure. Right. And I wonder what exactly it was that turned Granado's favor around on him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think because nothing particularly stood out. I mean, the role he was playing, you wouldn't necessarily expect him to bring much offense. Uh, but I think Don Granado, this is something I, I actually want to point out. He has uh, definitely a short leash, and this is a good thing, a short leash for kind of boneheaded decisions in the defensive end because Paterka turned that puck over. Uh, for the second Vegas goal, I think. And he and Quinn were benched for the rest yeah. of the game. So there's a lot of accountability. They uh, broke up the line. For the too. forwards. That's right. That's right. Uh, Cousins moved up or he moved around a little bit. Uh, but there's a, a lot of accountability, at least. And so for a player like of Asplund's stature, I guess you could say, in terms of uh, where he places in the lineup, uh, it's probably even more of a standard for him. That he's kept to. I'm looking at elite prospects because they have a nice tool on there where you can look at their project, the players' projected points throughout the mm-hmm. year. Pretty nice. JJ Paterka, he's on pace for 39 points, which for a rookie, that's not bad at all. That's pretty good. Uh, I thought his was going to be a little higher. Jack Quinn is on pace for 55 points, 48 points, sorry, 48 that's, points, seven, 17 I goals, think... 31 assists. If you asked any Sabres fan before the year started if they would take that, it would be a resounding yes. Absolutely. Dylan Cousins is on pace for 79 points, 28 goals. Mm. That is like a best-case scenario outcome. Yeah. Again, before the season, you were to say, oh, my God, if he gets upper 70s in points, then this team is uh, really close. Jeff Skinner is on pace for 90. Eight points on pace for 44 goals, which in fact would be a career high for him. 
And That's the $9 remarkable. million dollar Jeff Skinner thing, here's a good mental exercise to put yourself through. Well, I don't think we're going to be getting 98 point Jeff Skinner every year for the remainder of his contract, but hey, we're going to be getting 98 point Tage Thompson for the remainder yeah. of that contract. So you can just flip the numbers. Thompson's making the 9 million and Skinner's making the 7.1. So if you add the numbers in together, you're happy. I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, Alex Tuck is on pace for 89 points, 38 goals. And Tage Thompson is on pace for over 60 goals, over 100 points. I'm pulling up the number right now, which is just crazy. Who, who in the world would have thought that Tage Thompson would be at this pace? 67 goals, yeah. 62 assists, 129 points is what he's on pace for. And it's not like we're four games into the year and we're like, oh, he's on pace for this. No, we're a quarter, over a quarter into the season. So nothing's slowing him down. I am, since you brought up that, that projected tool, I was looking at this earlier because you brought him up, now Yakupov. He is projected 18 points in the KHL this year. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. What a bust. I know. Is he the bust in NHL history? Oh God! Ooh, gotta Ooh. be up there. It's tough, yeah, because he was really highly touted, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was good in the that first his rookie year in the lockout shortened season. He was thirty-one points, so he just like fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, he was good for a little while, but not first overall pick. Uh, uh good. Um, or he was yeah first overall. Um, I don't know because there's there, there's guys there's the Patrick Stephans. Of the world, right? Uh, he was out uh, of the league before he was even twenty-five years old. Yeah, Yakupov. he's right up there. He's right up there. Yeah, Yakupov is. Oh man! And then Ryan Murray, second overall. He mm-hmm. career with injuries. Galchenyuk, third. He fell off. He's on wasn't, Colorado now too. They just signed him. Wasn't Eric Goodbranson a really high pick? Goodbranson was third overall. Oh. Sure. Third oh. or fourth. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see. Um, it, what else is going on? What who are they facing after the Christmas break here? Uh, is it Columbus? Ooh, I hope it's Columbus. Rubbing my hands together at that. It is Columbus on the Tuesday. Upcoming slate of games next to the ESPN Plus game. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. I don't know who at ESPN made that decision. Um. It is Blue national coverage for Sabres Blue Jackets. Yeah. So for this coming week, uh, Tuesday to Blue Jackets, Thursday, the Red Wings, huge game, huge game there. Yeah. And then the Bruins on Saturday. Ottawa, Washington, Minnesota, Philly. That's a pretty juicy slate. They can really make up some ground here. I'm really looking forward to that Jets game on January 12th. The Jets have Jets are rolling. They are. Uh, they love playing for Rick Bonus, and they're a high-scoring team. Every time I get the alerts of their final scores, they have five goals. It seems like uh, so they're a high-scoring team. They're oh, they're actually they're they're fourteenth uh, in the league. It says here, but um, it seems like uh, you know they can really turn it on uh, when they have to. Yeah, Josh Morrissey putting himself in the Norris conversation. That's right. Uh, so yeah, it, you know, Colleen, of course. <laughs> yes. Um, 
for for the Jets, you know, it was it was a team that they looked like the core might be on their last legs. But I guess all they needed was a player friendly coach and a new face. Solve another year. Yeah, good for them. That's right. Uh, we did not ask for questions today, but is it my turn for guy of the week? It is your turn. Yes, it is my turn for guy of the week. Oh boy, I didn't even think about this today. Oh. Uh, my guy of the week, I'm going to pick a, a former Sabres prospect here. Oh, okay. Going to the dark depths of my mind for a second. <laughs> yes. The deep recesses. Give, give me a moment here. Oh, yes. So you're looking for a former prospect? Yes. I'm hmm. try- I am I want this well, to come see. organically. So just uh, <laughs> I have, the time for me. I have my next guy of the week picked out i've actually had picked out going on two weeks now and it's actually going to be kind of deviating from the norm if you go back on my twitter timeline long enough you might be able to figure it out uh, if you do some searching but i think i think it'll be interesting because this particular team actually had a lot of names on it but you look at how they did in the playoffs and you maybe wonder, uh, wow, <laughs> like how is this team even put together? Because there's just lots of names, lots of uh, Hall of Famers and high-end talents that you look at their record and they may have underachieved, but their results and maybe they, they overachieve based on the record. They're an anomaly. They're an anomaly. That's what I'll say. I have my guy. All right. Giorgio Estefan. Oh my God! You remember him? I yes. was thinking about him when I was driving the other day. Sounds like a pop star. Why. He is currently playing in the Czech League for HC Litinov. He has twenty-five points in twenty-eight games. So that scoring touch never went away for Mister Estefan. But he was, I believe, a fifth-round pick. He was a sixth-round pick in the Eichel draft. The only other forward picked that year, if my memory serves me correct. And he was a big-time scorer. He 51 points in 64 games, then the following year in 15-16, 74 and 59, 89 and 68. And then he never got that entry-level contract from Mr. Jason Botterill. Mm-hmm. He didn't get signed. Brandon Hagel didn't get signed. They were He had a vendetta against the uh, Canadian players. And he was actually the fourth overall pick to the Lethbridge Hurricanes in the 2012 WHL Bantam draft. And he, he played for Lethbridge. I wonder if he had any crossover with Dylan Cousins. And it looks like he did. Yeah, they he was the oh, captain wow. on the 2018 Lethbridge Hurricanes teams. So he moved on to another team after that. But he did, in fact, play with Dylan Cousins. I really was rooting for Giorgio Estefan. I thought he was going to be a player but no the like this is what we're talking about with the bailey and baptiste like estefan was arguably a top 10 prospect in the yeah. organization back then yeah that's another great name he didn't even get a contract yeah oh man so, that that's, that's a my guy, guy i had forgotten i had forgotten about him yeah i hope he comes back not to buffalo per se but i hope he <laughs> gets another chance in north america he gets another chance yeah yeah, so yeah, that's my guy of the week. If you got anything else, I'm tapped out before Ray lose power. 
I am all good. All right. Again, we appreciate it. Hopefully we'll be back next week. We apologize for the delayed content here, but we hope you enjoy the episode. We hope you enjoy your holiday. And we will see you in the next episode of the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast.